0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, and good evening. Welcome back to the Year of Fear on BAM, Badass Midnight Movies, or BAM for short. little acronym that we came up with. I'm Jeff. We're continuing the month of April as we're wrapping up the Friday the the 13th Nightmare on Elm Street series. We're doing Wes Craven's New Nightmare, kind of like the Direction. um, There's some articles that that Wes did that this was his version when he envisioned Freddy Krueger. This is what he envisioned and what we'll see in this film in a couple minutes this is the way his character wanted to be not so goofy and like um, very eighties, like, but kind of like more serious um, threatening. And um, It's kind of like a play on a, on another film franchise, which he would start uh, years later, which is scream. So if you see a lot of scream vibes, from this film, and it's kind of strange in a way because, um, you know, with I mean, there was the reboot a couple of years ago, which, you know, in my opinion, if it wasn't called Nightmare on Elm Street, called it something else, would have been a good film. But because you tie that IP to that, people still identify Freddy Krueger as, you know, Robert Englund, and um, uh, the actor's name I forgot. He was in Watchmen, which, like I said, he did a great job. But unfortunately, just, you know, still has that nightmare stigma on there. But anyway, I digress. Um, what I was saying before is this film was kind of like the ending of one franchise and then West leading into his next franchise, probably his biggest franchise, bigger than Nightmare on Elm Street, which is kind of crazy to say. Or, I mean, if you wanted to argue, you could say, well, they're horror movies of eras. Like, uh, Nightmare was more 80s, um, mid 90s. And then Scream, kind of like. Took the mantle and went from there. You still have a, um, you still have a stationary fi- stationary. You still have a preliminary character like Ghostface, but it's not just one dude. It's it could be anybody. It's like Batman almost. See, Mike's gonna get mad because I threw Batman in there. <laughs> I always find a way, buddy. I always find a way. So we're doing Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I got it queued up at zero zero zero. And away. We shall go in three, two, one. Press play. Kind of like the movie that built, I think we discussed this before when Mike was on here. Basically, this film franchise built New Line. That's basically. The biggest compliment I can give it is it was basically made made the studio. Nice little thing, we're going back to the intro. Um or so it seems it's the intro. But um it's not not an homage to the first film. Basically, this film, if you haven't seen it, and I would recommend you see this one. Um, doesn't really fall Much into the canon world of, I mean, I I mean that be. I'm sure they have it on websites. What's the canon of Nightmare on Elm Street? Like which film? I mean, obviously you have the one, one, two, three, four, but um, I think this film sort of just falls out of it, and very, I won't say spoofy, but you can see that a lot of elements were going to be used later for scream you know it's kind of like you could see a lot of if you could just nitpick this movie you could see some things they picked for scream but on its own it's a great film not the godfather great but you know great in the genre of horror always got to there's there's west himself rest uh r.i.p Wes craven 2015 way too young way too young Now of course that is the original Nancy Heather Van Camp and basically she's playing herself in this film. I guess the whole thing they're trying to say is that Nightmare basically was just a movie and it was all about Heather and all that stuff but you know as the movie progresses maybe it's not a movie maybe it is all She would be somebody I would like to see. I'm not big into meeting celebrity types. I've never been. I mean, for some people, that's their jam. You know, I like to meet this guy and this guy. And, hey, no offense to getting autographs. If that's your thing, you know, get it. For me, I would like something like a, um, what's the word? See, I wouldn't talk to them necessarily about their careers more like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Like, just treat them like, hey you know I'll bring it up you know I like you in this and I like in that but you know just sort of like carry on normal human conversation I really do like this little element of the metal claw hand you know this is the thing here's another comic book tie in Ooh. yeah and they, they explain it away of course the robotic hand and- Kind of like one of the earliest versions of CG. There. No, what I was trying to say. Ooh, yeah. You know, even now, this is horrifying. All this. The mechanical, animatronic gun, crazy. Which literally, um, a movie that I'm looking forward to. And of course, they get you right away. It's all a dream. You know, the last one we did in the, in the Nightmare series was uh, part two, which I really, really enjoyed. And as I said, I didn't see this before. This is this one I've seen more recently. Um, I would say a lot less. I mean, there's still horror moments because the one thing I do enjoy about Freddy Krueger is, you know, it's not about him killing you with that claw. It's just killing you. with He just he just fucks with your mind. He's like, yeah, remember this when you were little? Yeah, I know you still feel guilty about. It. He just makes you his your worst fears come to life, and he just brings them for tenfold. And the, the way to beat the nightmares is just to overcome that fear. It's a common theme in not only uh, these films, but a lot of films, TV series. That's kind of like one of the. Um, God, I wish I had him on here. He told me about this books, but I. Uh, there was another book that I saw recently, and I'm gonna buy. It's called like the six plots of. Six plots or seven plots of television movie shows. It's a it's a long read. I think it's a thousand pages, but I saw it on Amazon. I'm gonna pick it up and try to cherry pick here and there because I think it's fascinating. But you know, the common thing, as I was saying before, is just overcoming fear. Okay. Trying to see if there's anybody else in here. I don't know who are they besides Heather. Roll Robert England, of course. Dylan, Terry, Wes, of course. Heather Langenkamp is. Well, she's, uh, she's a little older now, of course. Heather, oh, I just want to see how old is she right wait a minute she's she's 59 okay well she's been up to lately nothing much sorry guys I'm not trying to like diss out in the movie but like sometimes they have these kind of like what I call kind of like filler scenes and you know like The boyfriend, they're asking Heather, hey man, are you still, you're seeing visions, you should see somebody. No, I don't think so, it's just nightmares, whatever, and just not my thing. I mean, have at it if you love it, please watch it. Oh, okay. She's um, she's doing some voiceover work. Still in the Nightmare Family, doing stuff. I see her at cons all the time. By the way, all the time. Uh, a lot of short films producing. Uh, Ten episodes of the Midnight Club, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So she's been doing. So what's the what's the Midnight Club? Let's take a look. Midnight club. Oh, it's a Netflix thing. Oh, like a scary stories thing. Okay. That's interesting. Maybe I have to check that out. I don't know who this actor is. I was looking on the IMDb. Didn't really see him there. Not really catching his name. ironic iconic scratch marks of the claws you know i believe robert england if i had to guess i think he's barely in this film like it's like i said before um what i've always enjoyed about freddy is before you even see him He's scaring the hell out of you. You know, with images of, you know, the claw marks of the wall. Um, all of a sudden, you wake up, you're in a dream, like like the beginning of the movie. So all those elements remain in place. But what if, you know, this movie is just telling you, like, what if, hey, what if all those films, you know, wh- it was basically real. Like it's like this was ha- there's you know, this is happening in her head. We don't know. Kind of like the second film that we uh, that I reviewed, or did one of these moving commentaries to, is um what I enjoyed about that second film, and I'll, I'll reiterate again, is the fact that was it Freddie? Was it this kid? Like was Freddie like was it almost like being seduced, being taken over, and you know, because Freddie doesn't have to be a guy. That was burned and you know destroyed by all these town villagers. Oh, yo, you know, you, were, you just you basically murdered kids. You know what if he was just psychological? Somebody built them in their mind and almost like if you ever seen talking about the remake. Oh man, what is it? Uh it was it was a movie with uh, the supernatural kid. Uh, it was Jensen Eccles. He was in it. My Bloody Valentine. And that's a that's a remake also. But in uh, the newer version, basically, um, there was a killer, and you see it like in flashbacks. He was just—he wore like a coal miner's outfit, and he had a pitchfork. He was murder. He, he, really cool look. And you know, every time I haven't seen too many of those costumes, but I see like mad respect. My bloody Valentine. But his thing was like you know, spoilers. The movie's been out for over twenty years. That the uh, the character of Jensen Ackles confronts this murderer who had been killing people before um, his friends leave they leave him there basically to die or so they think and um, they just kind of run away and then I guess everything happens off screen he shows up later and um, they think oh he survived and they think that they, they did find the body of the original killer but unbeknownst to them the killings happen again and it's basically jensen doing it because he basically either embodied the spirit or became the killer or he was i don't know but it's a really fun horror movie And he's like the conduit for Freddy now. I believe, and now he's just acting strange. It's the one thing that'll always get me in horror films, especially is that like, creepy little kids, creepy little girls. Watch the Ring movies. <laughs> You'll see them. Alright, I think this film was filmed in California. Let's take a look. Good old IMDb for all your information, guys. Uh. uh hold on. Oh, no wonder. I hit the wrong button. Okay, so. Not showing it to me. I must hit the wrong button. California. Okay, back in Cali. Most of these films are filmed in California on a backstage lot. I mean, there's not much. What about? Uh... Why don't we find out the box office of all the nightmare movies? That'd be a fascinating little treat. Sorry guys, I'm trying to keep it short. All right, here we go. Okay. Okay, so uh, we're gonna start with the first one. Keep in mind inflation and all that jazz. As um, Heather's being interviewed on some AM television show right now, basically. Oh, do you think Freddy's here? Would you let him be my son? All that. So let say you're not missing much with this stuff. Like the, the good stuff comes a little bit later. So the first nightmare on Elm street film had a production budget of $1.8 million. Now this is during a different era. So just keep that in mind, uh, opening weekend and made 1.2. So almost, almost took back its budget. And worldwide away, it made $25 million. Second film production, uh, production went up a little bit. They gave it 2 million bucks more, 3 million. It it basically was its budget opening weekend. All earned 2.8. So basically almost all its production budget back. Um, took a little bit of a dip, um, earned 21 million domestic box office and 21 worldwide. So, Again, the next film, part three, $5 million, $8 million opening weekend. Uh, total of $44 million worldwide. The fourth one, production went up a little bit more, $13 million opening weekend 12. So it basically you're seeing a lot of trends here that whatever the production budget was, they basically made that back the first weekend. As you'll see, uh, $13 million, $12 million opening weekend. Worldwide, almost $50 million. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1989. $6 million budget. Basically, it beat its production budget on on the opening weekend with $8 million for $22 million worldwide. Uh, Freddy's uh, Final Nightmare, $5 million production budget, $12 million opening weekend, $34 million. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, this film right here, production budget of $8 million, made $6, worldwide $18, so still made dough. Freddy vs. Jason. That was a production budget of 25 million, earned 36, so it destroyed its budget, and destroyed its its at worldwide 114 million, and even uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street the reboot, production budget of 35, basically made it back 32, and a worldwide total of 117. For read really, this is the weird stat of this, combined all the films. This is all together. With a production budget totaling in all the films of $101 million, they have earned nearly $450 million. So these movies, you know, the budget's low, of course, but they did make money. So, I mean, and as I've discussed with Mike before, you know, you look at those numbers, there's still an audience out there for Nightmare on Elm Street. Tricky thing is, you know, you're gonna have to replace Robert England. And I think that's one of the things that people can say, Oh yeah, we're ready to move on, we're gonna embrace. See with Michael and Jason, those two guys, I don't wanna say they were easy to replace because everybody's different, but they were faceless killers. You could put anybody behind the mask and, you know, mimic movements. But with Freddie, he's all Robert England. All Robert England. That's everything like the facial remarks I mean uh, the comedy the humor the body language everything so even now in 2022 I still don't think people are ready to move on from Robert yet and I think it's going to be one of the biggest things I mean you would really have to be truly creative because you can't I think that's what um like the last film I discussed it made money but it wasn't beloved. It's like, okay, this is okay. This is, you know, we have like the nightmare fans. You know, this is me paraphrasing. I don't know if this is true or not. But to me, there's two different nightmare fans. There's like the ones who hold on to the past, which is great. I can be accused of being gatekeeper keep- myself. There's another side of it that are willing to embrace newness, and that is true. I've seen people. I've discussed to people. Hey, man, yeah, I'll be down for a new nightmare. Especially now with the horror genre just kicking ass, like ass. If I mean, if you guys don't know, I mean, go to TikTok. I'm not sure you. And don't think TikTok. Oh, I make funny videos and all that. That's fine. Yeah, Haha, he. It, it, of course. But one of the big things I enjoy about TikTok is scrolling through the horror section. They always show clips of horror movies I've never seen, or haven't seen in years, or even thought about seeing. And then when I when I pull them up, I'm like, oh wow, I forgot all about this. It's really, it's really neat, really neat stuff. And it will have just tons of movies on there that I just, I never, you know, popped in my head ever to see. This is almost typical studio stuff. Like, hey, man, you know, this is a popular franchise. Basically, literally what I was saying before, like, hey, these films make money. We got to keep chucking these things out. You know, that'd be a good, that'd be a good little game. I was just thinking about when we did when we were just looking at the budgets of, you know, of uh, Nightmare and, like, production value because the one thing included in those production values is not marketing so use your production uh, let's just say for every if a film was made for about 18 you'd figure advertising would be at least 10 so almost a quarter is going to go to advertising <clears throat> but a fun one to do would be the Saw franchise so why Try this at home, kids. I just... <gasps> right. Okay. By the way, the site I'm getting this off of is um, numbers com Really cool site. I've never seen it until today, so some cool stuff. Okay, so the Saw franchise started 2004 and ran to 2021. So we'll go with the first film production budget of 1.2 made 18 made 103 worldwide second one production budget of 5 million made 31 million opening weekend 87 domestic worldwide 152 saw 3 10 million opening weekend 33 worldwide 163 saw 4 10 million budget 31 million dollars opening weekend. 135 took a little dip. So a 5-10 million dollar budget, 30 million opening weekend, 118 worldwide. Uh, a little bit of a decline after this where they were basically almost doubling their production budget starting from the 1st to the uh, the 5th. The 6th one, a little bit of a dip, still made it back its budget, uh, 11 million but production 14 million dollar opening. And worldwide 69, so still profitable. Saw 3D I'd never seen. Production budget a little bit higher, 17. Opening weekend 24. Worldwide 133. Jigsaw which I've never seen. Uh, 10 million, 16 opening, 104 worldwide. And the last one, Spiral. Uh, this is this one is ridiculous. Like it's part of the uh, the Saw world, but I guess after this one it took a major hit. The production budget on Spiral, I guess, goes to the actors in it, was 20 million. Opening weekend at eight, worldwide total of 39. So, huge dip after the um, Jigsaw. People, I think, I just don't care about Saw anymore. So that might be a dead franchise. But it was profitable for the time. I'll tell you what. I actually like the. I know that was a big thing. For um, for Wes, I have it here. Oops, sorry. Uh, where is it? Okay. Okay, Wes, before his untimely death in 2015, said he admitted he regretted changing Freddy's appearance and said if he ain't broke don't fix it which is why he kept Ghostface masks the same in every single screen movie so I guess after this scene it was kind of a little bit of a um, you know simplicity is best man you could tell this was an 80's soundtrack or a 90's soundtrack when you have R.E.M. on there. (laughs) So this is uh, where I saw was kind of running low on steam. This one is ripe for it. I mean, like I said, the big thing is, you know, I'm sure you can get any, like Fetty Alvarez, I've seen him. He did his Evil Dead remake, which I think is great. I haven't seen Evil Dead Rise yet, but from what I hear from everybody, from horror fans, they love it um blumhouse um oh man who's the guy who directed dr strange he did a horror movie as well Ah, oh, not john watts anyway it will come to me later but you have a lot of good horror directors out there i think any horror fan you know would love to do this film. Like, yeah, hell yeah. But the trick is, who do you get as Freddy? How do you write this Freddy? How do you write him in this real world? Because like, I think in this film, they kind of did everything they could do with that version. And the newer version, people are probably going to hate anyway. I mean, you really it's, it's, it's a tightrope that can be walked, though. Because you don't have to do a reboot. Um, you could do a continuation. Some of the best franchises out there. It's a, it's a. It's like we're beating a dead horse every time we talk about this, but if done well, look at um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know, not a direct sequel, but it paid homage and it's in that world. Um, Dune. I mean, even though that's been read two or three times, you know, this new version, I can't wait to see the new Dune. I've seen pictures online. Oh, it looks amazing, but that's another one that's gone through different iterations. Even even like the, uh, I love the 80s version. Of Dune. Me and Mike are big fans of that one. Um, I even like the sci-fi TV series. It was a mini-series that came out some years ago. And even that one, um, some people have said that's closer to the book. And of course, the new iteration that we have now by Deli ben New. I like that version as well. So it can be done. You just got to be, you know, I mean, those movies weren't, like, connected, but, you know, it can be done. And I think Nightmare can be done. Um, It just matters which route you're going to go. But there's enough talent out there that you'll find it. I always like when characters get older in film. Um, I think this was one of the first ones that I saw. I mean, I could be mistaken. Maybe there's other films of the franchise that I've seen older. Like recently, yeah, for me. I mean, if you look at all the movies that me and uh, might like, you know, we've seen these characters. Like we just finished watching Picard. And if you're, if you guys have not seen Picard, watch Picard season three. It's fantastic. Although the ending. Which I love, and, and like the, uh, kind of like, um, I'll just say this. Everything from Picard this season has been magnificent. Up until you find out who the real villain is. I mean, I didn't. it didn't kill the season for me, but I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to give it away if you haven't seen it yet. I mean, you guys have seen it, like the Changelings. You know they're the villains, but like there's somebody else, and uh, I won't give it away. But to me, I was like, eh, eh, you know. But touch for yourselves. What? We're about are we thirty or forty five? We're about half hour in. you have to see Freddy Krueger but he's there like you're seeing like right now you're seeing the claws they're making the claws like basically that's Freddy you know you haven't seen him in his physical form yet but you're seeing elements of him in the claws the dreams like right there boom oh oh man this tears his guts off kills him. And of course Nancy connected to her. Or Heather. I have one more I was just thinking about. Phantasm. Phantasm is one of these movies that was on for a while. Or Let's see. No, um, Hellraiser. Let's try that. All right, let's see. Okay. Oh, this one is not. Oh, there's a number. There we go. Again, this number side is so cool. Now, um, Revelations and Judgment. those don't have well I'm sure they have production budget but they they're not showing it to me here so all I have is four it's weird they're not even showing the, you know this is not a good idea because we're not even showing the production budgets on these so let's let's think of another one the horror series that went way too long let's you know let's go to scream that's more of the newer ones all right let's check it Okay. So again, we go to the numbers.com. Okay. So scream has a one, two, three, four, five, six films. Production budget on the first scream, 96. This was like two So this film 94, two years later, he comes out with scream, uh, production budget 5 million opening weekend for scream 6 million but worldwide made 173 part two. We go a little bit higher. 24 million opening weekend 32. So the blue outs budget worldwide 172 scream three had a $40 million budget. 34 opening 161 worldwide scream four $40 million. Only made 18 opening weekend. So 95 worldwide. So it's still profitable. The last one, which there was 11 years in between Scream movies, it was Scream 4, then I guess whatever you'd call this, the reboot Scream again. Uh, production budget, 24. Opening weekend, 30. So it made it back, 138. And the last Scream movie, this is, a you know, we were talking about a franchise that was um like Saw basically running out of steam. Scream is actually getting better. $35 million budget. Opening weekend of 44 million, box office total of 168. So you know they're going to make another scream. My hands. I mean, a little bit of applause for the practical effects in this film. I mean, we see a little bit of versions, the early versions of CGI with the hand in some instances. But you know, you've you've known me long enough. You know, we've known each other almost five years, guys. I'm a big fan of practical, even though there is use for CGI. If you mix them together, they both look good. Like the uh, the Force Awakens, is one of my favorite films that combines the CG to practical. Cause I don't want to think like I'm in a video game. I got my I got a PS Five. I got times where I want to feel in a video game. In a movie, I want to feel like oh, I could I could be there. I mean, just sign. She's going to walk out, of course. She just lost her husband. then oh, we just catch? Yeah, there's Robert England right there. There he is. I mean, he's he's playing Robert England, not Freddie, at the moment. So thirty-five minutes, and we finally see Robert England. Most recently, I saw him in uh, Stranger Things season four. Yeah, he was great in that, which I, you know, people have said that's the best season of Stranger Things since the first season. I'll probably agree. It was more bigger. Oh, there you go. There's your first glimpse. This is a really cool shot, though. Like, you see the updated look of Freddy. He's more veiny, I guess. This is terrifying. Hey, look who's back. That's that's uh where is he? Oh, Robert England is it Jeff Davis? JF Davis? No, it's not him. Oh, I forgot his name. They're not showing it to me here. Robert shall no. Odd. But yeah, he was the, um, he's a dad. He's Nancy's dad. There's Robert Wes. I think Wes Craven would have been very proud of the horror directors and the way horror is going nowadays. You know, him being one of the pillars and you know, so many like Raimi, a big pillar. Bloomhouse dedicates a studio to horror films. in a lot of ways, young directors they get their uh, they get their starts in like horror films. Not because they're the hardest or the easiest to make, it just you know, you could you know, depending on what you want to do, you could you could do a horror movie pretty cheap. You know, like a movie like um Don't Breathe. Oh, well, this kid is traumatized. Oh! Again, Freddy, he just, you know, he will show you things that you're worse, that you really fear. And he goes in, and once you're vulnerable enough, he goes in for the kill. Done. You know, Wes also did another film in the uh, the early 80s. He did Swamp Thing. And that was like one of the, that's literally the first time I saw a Swamp Thing. I'm like, oh, wow. Wasn't like, I mean, compared to now, the, the Swamp Thing we saw recently is, you know, insanely better. But it's the times, budget, everything changes, you know, technology. But for what he did for his time, you know, the, you know it was a guy in a suit, but it wasn't horrible. You know, I grew up with, you know, kaiju films and guys in suits. Even nowadays, I think some of the, I mean, um, some of the kaiju movies still, I think they use a combination of a guy in a suit and effects, so they still do those practices over there in Japan, in Tokyo. Again, that's got to be one of the worst things. I mean, not only going through this and being just basically haunted by some insane madman who's just trying to rip you apart from the inside, but not being able to sleep. That, to me, is the worst tragedy. And I always thought, like, of the nightmares, things, that whole premise, like, don't go to sleep, you're going to die. And, like, no matter what, you would have to, like, you know, there's some days, like, hey, you know, I'm going to be up all day. But eventually the body gets tired these films they prey on that like you know weak vulnerable basically left no other choice and you're gonna just cave in cave into the fear Aw My daughter used to say stuff like that to me, you know, Daddy, can I come with you in your dreams? And the other day, um I'm not I'm sure some of you guys have kids out there. Um but she um she sent me a text and it was pictures of her when she's little and I was like, Oh, you know, I remember when she was that small and I used to take her, you know, when she was very small. Mother was totally against taking her to the movies. Like the first movie I took her to, she was scared out of her mind, and I she couldn't be no more than two or three. But I was a big movie guy, and I was like, Well, I'm not gonna stop going to the movies just because you know, my dad, I mean, I still want to go to films, so I used to take her with me. And after that first experience, I thought she's oh man, I can't do it no more. But I bought her like popcorn, peanuts, and tacos, and all that stuff to, to quiet her down. And even to this day, many, many moons later, she still expects that. <laughs> A little stinker. But she grew up in films. And then, you know, that's the one thing I wanted to educate her with, you know, technology, not to be afraid of it, hope, look for the best in people, and the power of cinema because you escape in any genre. Like, even there's some genres you don't like. You know, there's always going to be one film in every genre you will like. Just, I wanna find this actor's name. Give me a moment, guys. I'm really interested to see who this is. <laughs> Cause All right. Let's look at the cast or no cast, right? the cast where's the cast? come on guys there we go and uh, there's not showing him yeah. So strange. Anyway, I'll find him eventually. Who does remember that when you were a little kid? I mean, I grew up up north, and we used to go to the park tons of times not to make fun of the kids here who don't. But we used to go on things like that, the little the slides, teeter-tots, monkey bars. Climbing some kind of rocket ship. This kid is more gut to than me. I would have never climbed that high. <laughs> what the hell is this kid doing? Okay, that would freak me out. Damn. See that? Would scare the hell out of me. <laughs> It is really creepy. <laughs> and there's the insurance check. <laughs> when I first heard the premise of this film I thought which later on became um, later on became Scream was like somebody else was going to be Freddy Krueger that's what 2 was kind of doing in a way like somebody took the mantle of Freddy and he was killing on Freddy's behalf but that's basically what you had in oh Saw did that um, I think to a point on, on Halloween was trying to do that, which thank God it didn't. Last Halloween, Halloween movie was huh. so they try to up the ante about him make it a little more more powerful i mean i think they're going to show right now what robert's painting like i said it's, it's a different way to do a nightmare film it's not what i thought but better frightening look at that it's a very Giger type of painting I'm a big fan of H.R. Giger or Geiger however you call him He, um, if you guys don't know who he is he, um, he basically designed the look of the xenomorph that's all him and if you haven't seen his artwork it's very very like this painting right here almost well the bottom part not the freddy part One of the creepiest things you could do at night in the middle, I'm sure all of us have done it. Is you have those late night cravings. I know I do. What's your favorite late night food? Mine is um good granola bar. And some popcorn chips. Corn chips, so good. Anyway, when the little kid was walking in the kitchen, you see those shadows in there, and that happens in everybody's house at night. So you have like night lights on. And I, I thought it was always like very creepy. Like this right here, they play with the shadows. Or you think, and then it's just the claws. These claws are very shiny. A little upgrade in that little enlarge of Jaws there. And now you see the whole new hand. His look is very... Because before the older Freddy look was you know, the burnt mask of the burnt face, the bodies. This is more kind of veiny, very attack on you know, Titan E. song one two freddy's coming for you three four better open the door lock the door five six don't stay up let me see yeah three four better lock your door five six i think he sings the song. grab your crucifix seven eight don't stay up late Better oh better stay up late. Nine ten Freddy's back again. Freddy's back again. Shit Look at that Like I said a little homage to part two. Well the kid is like slowly becoming a Freddy now. I can't think of any other horror franchises, box office numbers, that we haven't done. I think we did them all. Freaky. Ugh. You just got hit with a whammy there. You had the tongue coming out of the phone and him going into the convulsions, the food, the phone's going the convulsions. It's just it's just a freaky scene. And it just shows well, how much you can do and make a horror movie. I mean, you have the gore. You have the blood and guts. You have the claws. Or Freddy, but everything's just more like you know, what's going around you. It's Viola Davis. Yeah, this this doctor's are awfully a little nosy. Boy, you're in those horror movies, ain't you? Have you showed him those horror films? And she's like, hey, come on, man. The dad just died. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I would slap her in the face for saying shit like that. This kid reminds me, I'm sure it's the haircut of uh, Jake Lloyd. I'd like to see what this kid is up to. For, you know, unfortunately, stuff happened to Jake and hopefully he pulls out of it. But I would like to see what this kid, uh, Dylan, is up to. Okay. Oh. He's been in quite a few films. And he's still busy. He's got some projects coming up. Good on him. Yeah, he's still acting. A lot of voice work, TV. Best thing I can say about him, he's he's a working actor. He works. See, that to me, what he's doing right now. This is scary. Like this kid is obviously, you know, being possessed, and like the littlest things he does is creepy. Like that right there, where he's just like caressing the sheet covers like that, and is giving the mother the look. You know, I was noticing this today, and um, I was watching Goodfellas for like the eight hundredth time. One of my, it's probably like my one of my top five movies. Goodfellas is so good. If you've never watched Goodfellas, stop this. Watch that. Come back. <laughs> so, I was noticing a scene today in Goodfellas, and it's, um, oh, I'm going to say it's towards the middle. Uh, toward the end, not, not towards the end, but like a quarter of the end. Anyway, it's a scene where Jimmy and uh, Henry. Joe Pesci's character, they have to, um, I forgot his name, Morty, Morty, Morty. So they had just done the Latanza heist and this Morty guy basically said, Hey man, you know, I set this whole thing up. So where's my cut? And Jimmy, you know, didn't like him. He's like, nah, man, you know, just kind of like varying, like just not, yeah, you know, stop bitching, stop, you know, stop whining. So as, um. As the movie goes along, you know, he's talking to Henry. He's like, hey, man, you know, don't worry about it. And he's like, you know, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But you could see the, the scene pans to him at the bar. And he's smoking. Like, just almost like chain smoking and drinking at the same time. And he has his, like, his look. He's kind of, like, his head slanted toward the camera. Like, just looking upward. And the way he moves his eyes, he kind of just, like, looks up in the middle, then down and stops. And then stares. And I'm like, whoa, I never noticed that, tick." He gave off the impression that he was super concerned. But he wasn't, like, he was trying to play it off. And it was, when I see stuff like that, I, I kind of notice those ticks in actors. I mean, not that I ever wanted to be an actor. I, you know, I thought about it, but, you know. I don't know. I don't I don't know if I can pull off roles like that. To me, it's, uh, it's a skill. You know, people think, oh, you're just pretending. But, you know, to, to encompass a character, like, you know, your basic job of acting and if there's any actors out there tell me if i'm wrong um but you know to to be in any situation when you're on a camera you basically are encompassing a role you know you're reading you basically pay you're playing somebody that somebody wrote in a paper you have to take the words that he wrote and you have to bring those to life you got to figure like you know who am i where am i at where did i come from so when i hear them say you know What's my backstory? Where did that come from? They have to feel that. They have to have empathy for that character. Like how can I be this character? And some of the really good ones, you know, they're able to maintain careers and do that. You gotta be a chameleon. And some just get by their looks, but um like the really good actors you can tell from the bad. Anyway, sorry about that. I mean like <laughs> a little tangent about acting and So she has a 1995 phone in the car, which, if you had that back then, man, you were a baller. You were a baller. I remember they showed those sometimes, like, hey, man, I got got a phone in my car. Obviously, this is before the invention of the cell towers and cell phones and all that, but you had that. Man, you were a pimp. I'm not sure what part of California this is i could say the hills i mean I'm, my brother uh, lives in california so he would know better uh, mike also would know better he he lives in california for a time and from what i'm told this is west craven's house Okay, so this right here, he's breaking down this new idea for Freddy. Mommy's likes these exposition points in films where they kind of like just break down you know, the plot you know or, or the breakdown of the villain like hey this is what he, why he's here i don't know i've always liked these little breakdowns in films this is interesting he's literally breaking down almost what happens to a franchise you know if it gets too repetitive and watered down it dies And he's basically saying if there's no story he's going to die. And and here they're identifying um, Freddy as an entity not a man who was burned for you know child killings. This version of Freddy that that Wes is writing in the film is just an entity and, and, and Freddy is his shape. So it's it's like I said. It's kind of like a lot of stuff they do here. Is stuff that Wes uses in Scream, but it's like really moving forward. And yes, Mike will be on here. Yes, but they used before the films. I go. Yes, I know that. Doesn't mean I don't still like it. So I was thinking—it's always dangerous. I had watched the uh, the Devil's Prophecy. I think I mentioned it on one of our previous episodes. And I'm a big fan of religious type horror movies. You know, anything with the devil, I love. I love watching it. Anything with angels, in it, I love watching. They was uh, there was talk. It was maybe ten years ago. The John Milton poems, uh, Paradise Lost, and if some of you, have, I think some of you read it in high school, maybe you didn't. I'll give you a quick little synopsis. Basically, it's it's talks of the fall of Lucifer from heaven to hell, and like everything before happening and after that. So it's kind of like the story of like um, the first great war with um, two brothers, Lucifer and Michael. Michael is the one who, you know, if you look in Catholicism. He's the one that basically threw him in hell. So, and you had that version, but I, I remember they were going to do that. They were going to adapt that movie, and I I wish I still had my the pictures I had on my own PC. They showed, like, a first look, and I think Bradley Cooper was going to play Lucifer, which I thought was inspired casting. You know, he's a really good actor, but I could see him pulling off, like, the kind of narcissistic angel, and um, I forgot who the cast is Michael, but he was really good, too but I've always wanted to see a movie like that maybe done in a vine of a horror film you know Devil's Prophecy had potential but it would just didn't go quite there although they have a good premise at the end uh, if you haven't watched it you know some people crap on it but you know that's that's them I enjoyed it for what it was but I just wanted more I, like, I just wanted like a movie you know how they have like these great biblical movies like the Ten Commandments um, Noah's Ark which I saw with um Russell Cole, really good movie. Not anything close to the Bible. (laughs) But, um, you know, it was different. And of course, they've always made these, um, these Christianity movies, the Christian channel, like, you know, stories of Jesus and faith and all that stuff, which is, you know, all, you know, well and good. But I just wanted, like, a version of Paradise Lost, but like Gladiator. With, like, war between angels and, like, demons and just make it, like, this wild, make, like, the Paradise Lost of Flash Gordon. And have Mitch Murder do the uh, the soundtrack. You could have it like a retro, uh, neon, uh, like cyberpunk neon stuff. Make it in that world. That would be wicked. So now we're seeing all the uh, the past scenes that happened in the beginning of the movie that we thought maybe it was a dream, but it wasn't a dream. Now you're finding out that these, uh, these murders actually happened. okay the only thing I I don't like about this film and again I never lived in California I visited there a couple times and I'm sure this is a current uh, everyday thing from them the overuse of the earthquakes you know so far we've had like three earthquakes in this film and if I'm wrong do tell me you know we're talking about like three earthquakes and like what what's the time span in this movie like five days no maybe a couple months a month I don't know Oof. That's cool. Now you get your first look at Freddy and all his uh his changes. You know, like I said not quite the um the uh the burnt body. More like attack on A or Titan A. I don't know. He looks more rubbery and like, I don't know. And they use this look going forward with um, Freddie versus Jason, you see. So like he keeps the same look. Oof. The nasty. danger of redoing this film or this franchise overall is you have to decide because I don't think you can do a continuation I think you have to if you're going to do it you have to just redo the whole thing you can't make it hmm the word I'm trying to use you really have to go that fine line I look at Evil Dead the newer Evil Deads and that's more horror man and, it, and it's really good so I don't know if you go down, down that route which like New Nightmare did you do something completely different and as I said before and I'll keep repeating go plays Freddy you Know, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Doug Bradley? He did the um, he was Pinhead for the longest times. Oh, it's his name, anyway. I, uh, he's another one of those horror type villains, and he's very, like, very demonic in his nature, he's more from hell and and stuff like that, but he's very articulate, which is like like the flesh, and like he's not like, you know, he is still evil, he's just pure evil, he just likes pain, and you know, just like torturing people, death, that's his thing, but he's very, uh, very poetic about it, and when I watched the newer Hellraiser, I was like, man, is this girl gonna do like a, uh, you know, a copycat, and she did her own thing, and she was really good, so it can be done, But, you know, Freddie's more iconic than Pinhead. I mean, I hate to tell you. (laughs) There was a game. As I'm thinking overall, like in, in films like this, it's always the question of, you know, how far your sanity is going to snap, you know, because, you know, you're being driven to the point of just, like, madness. You know, dream, not dreaming, sleeping, not sleeping, own fears against you. At a certain point, you know, you're going to crack. That freaks me out. Ugh. Little exorcism. It's just this. It's just some freaky stuff. Again, like the whole possession of the kid, something we saw in two. But like, I think it's more frightening when it's a little kid, because they're more scarier. You know, seeing a kid like um, kind of like the omen. You know, it's so freaky looking like a little kid who's the antichrist, and you can't like these weird things happen in the film, and it's all been oh, see, like, oh. Dude, that's just so cool that's, that's a rad shot there dream within a dream within a dream Now you have that notion, like anybody can be Freddy, anybody. You could pop up anywhere. So last couple of days, um, they had um this event. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. It's called CinemaCon, and then what CinemaCon is basically, it's it's not a con per se. It's basically the studios. Presenting the next year of their slates and trying to sell these films to the movie theaters, you know, and say, hey, you know, take get this film, put this film in your uh, three thousand screens in your theater, you know, it's going to be really good. You'll make dough off it. That's basically what cinema is all about. So they had the different panels by different studios. Some winners, some losers. I heard Marvel's was really bad. Um, some people have seen The Flash. I've seen the trailer twice. I freaking love it. Um, I'm one of those people I can detach myself from the person and just see the character. and That's what I'm seeing in The Flash. And it looks, everything looks just great. It's based on Flashpoint, one of my favorite comics of all time. If you've never read Batman, I mean, it's just called Flashpoint. Read it. It's really good. They're taking a lot of stuff into this film. And I'm looking forward to it. Just, It looks really, really good. This kid pulls it off, man. He does the uh, little kid, you know, the innocent look and then he does the creepy stuff really good. You know, no wonder this kid this guy's still acting. You know, he had it when he was young. Then here's what I was discussing earlier. You know, another trope not trope, but it's just like a big thing of the films. You're know, staying awake. How long can you stay awake? See, he's everywhere. The doctor the Nurse. Oh, What's up with these nurses? Mad aggressive. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him to stay awake now. He's probably got some, uh, what's that, um, morphine in there. You know, back in her heyday, I mean, other Van Camp, you know, rogue. and of course her breaking down due to all these things because like, you know the people around her they're not and there's Freddie right there I, I kind of like him with that green hat oh boy Yeah, he looks kind of too. He looks too. I don't know. I just something about the look. I mean, I don't mind it, but I can see why people will complain about it. It's like it's a totally different. Now you're seeing just the babysitter being ripped apart. Ooh, dead. Stay alive. It's horrific. I mean, yeah, now you see the bug down there. Horrific, man. Oh, Not only certain people can see him. Oof, just carving her up. uh he's gone huh. oh, and she had to see, he had to see all that yeah torn apart man this doctor is (laughs) she is a moron I'm with Heather man yeah dipshit I don't think he got I don't think he got that far. Man, this kid is fast though. He can't be no more than a what f- six? Seven eighty six. He was eight. Okay, that's that's this is stupid. (laughs) This, yeah, that's some bad CGI there. I call bullshit. This kid should have been dead already. I don't know. I was never a big fan of when Freddy. Like I like him when he just fucks with people's minds and he claws you to death and all that, hits you with some cool one-liners. But I don't like when they make him like a worm. Like here they make him a giant, or when he's like a he's like a TV set, and uh, just, I don't know. And I can I can accept a lot of goofy shit, but like that is just like eh... did uh anybody gonna get the kid that's a little strange right there was it like a bunch of Freddie's over the wall yeah oh no no Again, the speed of this kid. Yeah, I know. I, I want to find out his name, but it's not showing up in the IMDb. The guy who plays John. If anybody has that information, too, put it in the Facebook page. <laughs> Man, I, I thought that was Freddie right there. Nightmare always has been doing this um, popping out of the beds thing for Freddy. You know, he's been doing that for like almost every Nightmare film. Nothing is iconic as the, uh, the first time you see it with Johnny Depp. Yeah, it's, eh, like I said, it had to update the look a little bit. I think we discussed this with Halloween, how the mask had kind of like, uh, we had our opinions on the mask, and the mask throughout the years, you know, after the first two Halloween movies. Um, well, the mask is basically the same, shows a little bit of wear. Look at that, he's got a nice little coat, Freddie's ready to go. It's cool with the trench coat like I said this is the updated version of the character um, gone are the uh, the kind of like the burnt features of the skin and it's more organic now you can see like his bones and they're kind of highlighted That's the one thing that Freddie does, man. He makes you question your sanity. The people around you's perspective of your sanity. And everything. It's just... Uh, that's why, of course, you can do him again. But just, how? Crack the code. Somebody will. Somebody's going to attempt it. Because um, As we said before, the franchise made money. And it's uh it's an IP. I do like kind of like the juxtaposition they have here with um, combining what's going on in the film with like the movies themselves, like showing the footage of the older films. I think this is three or two, but you have that interweaving with this new film. It's pretty impressive. It's odd. I like the fact that he calls her Heather instead of Nancy. I gotta figure out what that T that stuffed T Rex is. Not too sure about it. Maybe one of the previous films. Who knows? She's gone. I'm trying to find some trivia about this film. I don't see, I don't see anything I mean, except for what I told you before about uh, Wes loving uh, this version of Freddy because it was the closest one that he had written and envisioned. Instead of like you know the goofy, wisecracking killer that he was, you know he was kind of like Deadpool before Deadpool. see this this kind of freaks me out because you know there's a world within a world here and now she's falling asleep she's going after her son but I've always liked the dream world and we only get the dream world like when it's towards the end of the movie or actually no I'm sorry I take that back you'll get it in like spots not the films but then like this version like you're seeing the dream world like Basically, that's cool. The Freddy kinda fountain there. Which goes into looks like the River Stick. That's cool. They give it more of that hell feeling. the yeah, river sticks. Kind of like Greek mythology. It looks really cool. Of course, you have the iconic, uh, the killing stove, whatever you want to call it, the furnace, and it's come down to Nancy versus Freddy again. Again, you could tell this is a little bit more of a bigger budget. Not by much, but um, like this part of the story they're adding. like, Like he's this evil entity, demon thing, not a man. You can get away with it. Like I could see him literally playing both versions of like he could play like the slasher and then he could play like this entity. It's kinda of like what they hinted at with uh, with uh, with Michael Myers. Like when you pass Halloween five it just it gets a little odd. Like stuff with the oh he's like a son from a cult and like he was born like it's it gets strange. Watch the curse of Michael Myers. It's Halloween five or four. H two O is when it got back on its tracks. Nice little touch, adding the script to the film in there. And just like I said, there's you can see the the spine of what will become Scream. Uh oh smooch smidge. Yeah that dinty kinda grungy How do you get stabbed with your own animals? Come on, Freddy. I do like these final confrontations between uh, between two iconic characters of the franchise. Let's let's just say it like Nancy was the main antagonist to Freddy. Um, I don't think Jason really had anybody. It was just like different kids he killed. Oof, that's gonna hurt. See, I've always liked this, this dream world that he creates. Like this one, like in every film, they're all different, but like this one is more, I don't know, more hellish, more ghoulish less cartoony like it literally looks like something like uh, in Hades Tartarus or something, Land of the Dead like he's got like a Greek statue in the background looks really really good where do I go? man, I wouldn't hide in the stove. Again, like, he can flow in and out of this hell. If this is his hell, and he, and he can't get in, like, a little door. Like, oh, I wonder. I wonder if it's, like, an allusion to, like, the first film where, like, they basically burned him in the stove. That, That's the one thing, like, oh, you know, his human. That's how his human part died. Heather's really far. I mean, I don't know what the hell you're going to do. Uh oh. Got to read Richard's hands. Come on, Nancy. That's horrifying. Like, every, t- every step she takes, she's just sinking more and more. And here you have some early Mummy Return stuff. Oh, look at that. Ah! Ah. This is gnarly with his tongue like that. That's some good practical stuff. It just looks bizarre. Damn, the kid is like going for it. Stab that tongue. Ugh. So he has to burn by the oven. so that's his weakness ties him back to where he was oh but he wasn't even in Uh, yeah so now they're showing that he was like an entity or something I, I love this design of this version of hell of course back in the real world you know what just passed in there probably like you know a night's sleep oh but what's that so she agreed to do the remake (laughs) and again you have the question is it real is it fake She begins to read him what I believe is the script of this film. A little pan back. Uh, we've seen movies end like this with like you know a little touching moment. See, I don't know if you saw Freddy in that reflection there. So you see somebody in that reflection with the windows. But it's always nice to see. And that is Wes Craven's new nightmare from 1994. The last of this iteration of the Freddie Krueger movies. They went on to do the new nightmare, which was in 2010. Not really well received. They made money, as I broke it down earlier. But, you know, a common thing is with these movies, they're so iconic, they're basically, this is Robert England, The Robert England Show. Even in this film, he wasn't that Freddy, but he's still Freddy. And to move forward somewhere, the key is who's going to play Freddy. So. Anyway, the year of fear continues or concludes for this month. We're going to do The Babadook. That'll be the last one April, and then we're going to move towards May, which we have some good stuff there. Uh, bear with us. Uh, lately, our recordings are kind of sporadic. Um, Mike and I have different schedules. We're trying to work out now, and it's, it's been a little tough. And as I've always said in past uh, archival episodes, you know, life sometimes get in the way. So, uh, But, you know, don't worry. We'll keep putting content out. It'll be me. It'll be Mike. Maybe it'll be Mike by himself. Uh, One way or another, we'll find ways to get stuff out there to you guys. We appreciate it. Everything, the Facebook page, the likes, the comments. And um, for me and everybody else at BAM Studios, we'll see you soon. All right, guys, bye.